Hey guys, welcome back. This is Courts of Heat, CourtsofHeat.com, and today we are back with another podcast episode. Um, As you guys probably noticed, it's been a while since a podcast episode's been done. I think the last one came on July 29th. Uh, look, life happens, and we've been super busy with a lot of deadline product projects that happened the last week. So this week we're a little more free, but... We were also working on the Phoenix Suns book that we've been talking about for the past uh, month or so, right? But yeah, even though we've not been live on the podcast each and every each day, really, since the 29th of July, we were still covering the free agency on social media. We're still on social media. We've still been posting to the site and whatnot. But yeah, the podcast is just non-existent for that week. Um... I think, yeah, I think it's like we're coming up on, because I know today's the 11th, we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, so yeah, 12 days off, we were on, a, we also had a vacation too, a stay vacation in Arizona, so it was nice to take those couple of days, um, but yeah, besides that, we're back, we're gonna be rocking the podcast, today is Wednesday, August 11th, if nobody knows what day it is, they do now. Yeah, we are back and we're in the swing of things. Uh, free agency, the hype is over for that. The draft hype is over. And now you're just going to be hearing my voice talk about nonsense topics like Ben Simmons for the next three months until basketball begins. Basketball will not begin, well, for the regular season until October 18th. So, this is what we're doing each day now. And I have to come up with topics each day to talk about. Or I'm just going to be talking about nonsensical things like Ben Simmons. Or why P.J. Tugger has over a 1,000 or, or 200 pairs of shoes. This man has more shoes than he does career points. Should that alarm anybody? I, I, I don't know. But I do know this. Social media is becoming one of the biggest things ever on the internet. It's pretty much where a majority of the population's at now. Like, if you do not have social media, like, I don't know, it means that you don't have a phone or you just really don't care for social media. Either way, social media is a great way for connecting, and that's what we do. So to find us on social media, go to, uh, you can find us on Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeatNBA, CourtsideHeatNBA. NBA, Twitter.com slash Courtside Heat, Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat, Tumblr.com slash Courtside Heat. Of course, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcast episodes. Um, how were the other ones? If I seen those are the main ones, then of course you can find all of the content, all of of everything from a long form, the uh, short form, everything in between form of articles, different videos, and different things like that on the website at courtsaheat.com. Um, then you can find us on medium on courtsaheat.medium.com. That is where you're able, if you're a medium fan, that's where you're able to get all of our content, all of our content. Um, Articles, but that was very hard to find that word. But yeah, all of our content articles there, just so we know. But I will say, go to the website if you want the exclusive content. 
See, so medium has all of ours besides the exclusive stuff, but still medium is amazing. So I would go subscribe there too. And real quick, in the upcoming week or so, there is going to be a massive change on the website. Corte he will be going under, uh, I guess you could call it a developmental phase, like a developing phase on the website, where our website may be down for a few days, but we will be remodeling the website and whatnot to make it more mobile-friendly, make it just more friendly in general, to read the articles, to browse through, and just make it a lot more nice, clean it up, and different things like that. So I wanted to give a heads up. We will give an official timeline when we have one. I don't even have a timeline, and I'm the one that runs it. So as all things being considered, everything I talked about, that's pretty much the social media, the um, website end of things. Um, if you guys cannot remember any of the social media tags um, or handles, um, I forget about those all the time. So what I just do is I just type in Quartz of Heat, one word, Quartz of Heat, into Google. And they'll just bring up our website. It'll bring up um, all of our social media, our Macari store. It brings up everything. Uh, so yeah, just go to Quartz of Heat. Type that in on Google, and you'll just find everything. That pretty much take you man to look for everything, as it just shows up, especially on mobile. Because if you look on mobile, it's something else to do for desktop. I have to check again. It'll show our, show you our Twitter feed. So yeah, definitely go do that. You guys will not be disappointed. And without further ado, let's get right into this podcast episode, as our main topic today is going to be on Ben Simmons. But, I also have some other things I want to get to, some breaking news, but I guess we really cannot separate breaking news to free agency because it's now just all blended together, right? We are going to talk about free agency, though, and we're going to be talking about our two winners. We discussed this on the site and who we wanted to see, of course, on the podcast go um, before we took our mini hiatus, right? But before the draft, we were talking about free agency and, of course, the draft. But the main winners of the draft, and before I talk about it, I'm just going to give you the two teams that did not win. The Phoenix Suns did not win, nor did the Los Angeles Lakers win that free agency battle. Neither of those two teams won. It's the two teams that scored huge and made some really good money. But speaking about potential scoring huge and um, betting on yourself, betting on yourself can go the wrong way. It really can. Now, I'm thinking about this. What does it mean to bet on yourself? We've seen many NBA players do that before. We've seen Neuralist Noel do it. But wait a minute, that blew up. We saw Victor Odipo do it. Oh, wait a minute, that blew up also. Um, Hold on. NBA players have bound themselves all the time, but there has to be a falling trend. Nerds know well. He could have made big money from the Mavericks. Turn that down. Uh, Victor Oladipo was in an interesting situation with injuries and whatnot and decided not to have a contract decided not to get huge money. Can we blame him for that? That's an interesting situation. But who remembers Dennis Schroeder? Who remembers him? We talked about him on the podcast. 
right? We talked about, the entire sports media was talking about him. Let me give you a background on Mr. Schroeder, who should be firing his agent, or is just cursing out the world, world right now and himself for this. So let me give you background. The Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the OKC funder traded Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. Who remembers that? Is it come back? Okay. He was a he was Los Angeles Laker. And in that during that one season, there was a bad fallout. It was a really bad relationship between the two. I'm just gonna use that as an example because there's conspiracies, there was everything that Dennis Schroeder hated the Lakers so much that he just gave up on the first round against the Phoenix Suns. In this past season's postseason, right? Now, those are some of the most idiotic things I've ever heard. Unless he comes wholeheartedly and admits that, I have no, we have no idea. We have no idea that happened. So we're just going to keep this as conspiracy theories. But he was with the Los Angeles Lakers. He didn't want to come back to Los Angeles Lakers. But the Lakers, despite all the mistakes, despite the messy relationship that he had with this organization, I don't know what he had in favor or what he did not have in favor with this organization, starting with Jeannie Buss as the owner, starting with um, their head coach, uh, Frank Vogel. I don't know what they have the general manager. I think it's still Rob Planka. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. But I don't know what his status is like. But the Lakers wanted back their point guard. They offered him a four-year, $84 million contract. And to break that down per year, he was looking at $21 million. And then probably with incentives too, right? But he's like, no, 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 I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to decline an offer, reject the $21 million a year. And this is such a significant, significant number, right? Four years, $84 million, break it down to $21 million. He said, I want a $100 million contract. And then rumors popped in that a $150 million contract going up for five years coming in play for him. Going to $30 million, excuse me, a year. He wanted $25 to $30 million a year. Now let me ask you a question. You bet on yourself. What's the difference between $21 and $25 million? You may say if you subtract the two, you get four. A $4 million difference, great. But here's the thing. I'm going to get back to that. Who was interested in you? You had several teams like the Bulls. Well, they got Alonzo. The Knicks were interested in you, but they have different players, right? And that's when they signed Kemba. That's when they have Derrick Rose or DeBear, right? Julius Randle, they didn't need you. So teams who needed a point guard were all of a sudden not interested in Schroeder and what he was asking. So uh, fast forward to two weeks later, he didn't have a job. So instead of taking a potential championship team with their money, $84 million, $21 million a year for four years. Instead of taking that, he said, no, deny him, reject him. 
I'm going to go test my luck in free agency. Where did I wind him up at? That wound him up at a whopping one year, $6 million contract with the Boston Celtics. With the Boston Celtics. And I seen they're, they're using like, uh, they, I think it's like the ML, MLE. I think it's like their mid-level exception that they're using on him. Either way, it's going to be like a one-year, $5.9, million contract, something around there. But instead of making $21 million a year, if he would have signed with the Lakers, he could have, he now is making $6 million a year. And this is just one year. There is a second-year player option um, included. Also... That's a $15 million difference. And this is a prove-it contract. This is... The Boston Celtics gave him this mid-level exception contract by saying, you know what? You have to prove us your worth. You're worthless to us until you prove what you're, what you're worth. Is that not exceptionally fair? The Lakers, they... Because no one believed in Dennis Schroeder. He's, he's a great player. He's a good player. An adjective as great should not be described. I mean, he's a good, he's a fine player. But why did it not work out with the Hawks? Why did it not work out with the Thunder? Uh, now you come down to the Lakers. You got booted in the first round. Okay, let's see what else you can do. So instead of taking a four-year, $84 million contract, you decided to take a one-year, $6 million contract. Because you and your agent were both idiots enough to say, well, I'm just going to give up all this money because I want to get a $100 million, a $120 million contract. I would give Lonzo Ball that before I gave you that. And that says a lot. Because I'm a Lonzo fan to a certain point. I'm not big a fan on that shooter. And I would just be just ripping apart yourself and your agent because... You did not have the hindsight to say, look, this is the point guard market. There's better point guards than me. Where do I rank? And you bet on yourself the wrong way. He did not do this smart. He did not figure out this logically. He went to saying, look, my feeling, my feeling on this is that I'm worth between the sum of $100 million to 125 million, and there's all these different offers, all these different monies, um, money predictions, right? And I was talking about it. I said it would be reasonable to pay him 25 million dollars. I probably said it would be a stretch, in some shape, form, or fashion, that it would be too much to pay him 30 million dollars. It may take a team to really be committed to him. But what happened? What happened? No team bit bit him, bit on him. No team was trying to reel him in for that money, but instead he got a mid-level exception from the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics are like, "This is great. We just dumped off Kevin Walker's salary, and we just got Schroeder for six million. This is a walk in the park. We did it. This is amazing." We just got rid of Kemba, who's more injury-prone than Schroeder, for less money. That, to me, is bad business.
And I know I've taken you guys in different points, and I apologize if some of these points did not make sense. But let, let me ask you a question. Where does this logically, logically, let's use logic, common sense, put you out with your agent? Like, what point guard would say, I'm going to reject $84 million? And let me say this. Schroeder is an all-star. So for an all non-all-star point guard to make $84 million, $21 million per year on a four-year contract, that's a blessing from God. You should never make that. The last contract that you had was a $70 million contract. I believe it was a four- or five-year contract. You got hosed by your ego and by your incompetent agent. How bad is that? Like, how bad? You could have had a $21 million contract, $21 million um, salary per year, but now you're taking $6 million. You're not valued. You're not an all-star, but you want to be paid all-star money. Alonzo Ball was smart. He got out of he got out of New Orleans. He got an eighty-four million dollar contract. He got an eighty-plus million dollar contract. He took that for the uh, for the Chicago Bulls, and he was able to work. Now he's going to be able to play alongside Zach Levine. He's Kobe White. He's going to be able to be coached by Billy Donovan, right? Like. You have to sometimes remember the market that you're in and what you're very what you're valued, what you're actually worth. Because Alonzo proved himself in this uh career in his career high season this past season. Now he gets to pose Zach Levine, Nikhil Vujovic, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and these different players, but now you're gonna be able to be coached by Billy Donovan. Come on. That's a no-brainer. That's a go for, um, for the Bulls and Alonzo Ball. But you decided, like, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how fed up you were with the Lakers. But if they're giving you that kind of money, and they could have gave that to anyone, but they're like, we want you back. We're gonna offer you this contract. The ball is in your court now. This is where we lie with you. This is where we're staying. We're not going to penny over. We're staying at this. We're staying right at this benchmark. This is it. This is it. And you said, no, I'm worth $120 million. I'm going to get it. But what happened on the first two days of free agency? All the good point guards were out, and you're left with this non-all-star point guard. I'm just saying. Um, I'm just saying that's really bad business. Like, what the fine stupid is Dennis Schroeder? It is. That's bad business. And now in hindsight, I never, like, it's tough now. And Dennis Schroeder, I would have taken the money. I would have realized that you have to compete against Alonzo Ball, both who are not all-stars, by any stretch of imagination. But look. But by you evaluating yourself at $120 million and wanting $25 to $30 million a year, no one's going to pay you that. Like I said, 
It was a blessing that you actually got that money. I don't even I don't value at I don't value Schroeder at 70 million. I don't value Schroeder at 60 million. At best he should be making 60 million. His ego's too much. His ego's too much. He's a dramatic player. I'm sorry. You're not worth anything. What you're asking. You are worth 60 million and generosity gave you 70 million. You are you are better with the OKC funder to get a 70 million dollar contract than what the Lakers were offering you. But hey, that's only a 14 million dollar um upgrade. So you were going to go from 70 million to 84 million and have a potential of winning a championship. Being Ryan from Davis, LeBron James, all those different all those different players, right? But but you are you're idiotic enough. You are a legit moron because who does that? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the wrong, maybe I don't see it clearly, but we've went from twenty one million a year to six million a year. And it's a prove it year. The Celtics are just saying, well, you know what? We're not giving that huge contract. You have to prove it to us. Are you worth anything? So that's pretty much where we're at now. It's pretty much where we're at now. It's pretty sickening when you think about it. That Dennis Schroeder signed a $6 million contract with the Celtics. Because if there was no Celtics, who else, who else would pay for him? Who else would need a point guard? Right, but now Schroeder could put himself in a great position if he actually gets himself out of this hole where he used to play with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, uh, Payton Pritchard, Robert Williams, and different guys like that. Their point guard now is uh, Marcus Smart and Payton Pritchard. But now when you add Dan Schroeder into the mix, I don't know who they're going to make starter. If I'm them, I would just keep Marcus Smart, especially if you're if you're offering him, um, if you're offering him big money, right? So it, it's like one of these things. It it was bad business. I say it's all it is. I think whatever labels you want to attach this man's name, I don't care. But I think in the end of the day, we can draw into the sand that that was a bad business decision. And whoever this man's agent is needs to be fired. Like I just don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. You guys can evaluate Dennis Schroeder. There's gonna be pro Dennis Schroeder guys. There's gonna be anti Dennis Schroeder guys and what he should have been making. Right? Look, you look. This is tough. That's just tough. You should have taken eighty four million dollars and you should evaluate yourself differently. And for him just to be so cocky and confident himself to say, I'm going to make $120 million. I don't need the Lakers. That's bad. That's bad. I don't, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I could be wrong. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Because it wasn't like he had the best season ever. He shot 44% from the line and 15 points of five assists. Um, so, yeah, that's just, that's just interesting. If you really do want to break it down, that's just interesting. Like, I, I want to see something. I want to see something. Um, I, I want to see... Yeah, 
And it's not like he could put a championship to his name. It's not like he played with the Lakers when he won the 2020 NBA Finals. So it's not like you could have anything credible to your name. You're just a no-name point guard that won $120 million because you're trying to feel yourself. Right? It's arrogance. It's, it's your ego. That's pretty much it. You had no business attentions behind it. And now you're going to try to justify yourself for the 2021 NBA season. So I don't know. Well, best of luck to him anyways. I'm not going to spend another breath on him. I'm going to talk about someone else. And I brought I brought up uh, Kevin Walker before. If no one knows or if people just missed it because how much was just rapid firing out of uh, the first day of free agency, second day of free agency. I, we legit covered it until we got down to the scrubs, right? Um, but Kemba Walker, he, um, he was originally with the Thunder, I believe, until it was a sign trade, all the way down to, um, oh, but what you talking, all the way down to New York Knicks. So, Kemba Walker's contract is fully guaranteed at $18 million over the next two years. That's really good. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Kamal Walker has had his issues. His best playing days were with the Hornets. Injuries have just gone his way. And that's a shame because he's a, he's a fine point guard. He's, a, he's, a, um, he's an excellent point guard in the way that he sees things. The way that he takes in his team and tries to get involved. Having a great awareness and just playing like a standard traditional point guard in some respects, right? Kevin Walker, to me, will always be that player that go down in history. They got uh, deteriorated by injuries, but still put up great numbers. Because um, 2020, he scored 19 points. 2020, uh, 2019, he scored 20 points, right? So it's like, even though he's not having much luck, just from 2019 and 2020, he's been injury-ridden. Right, he's just had knee injuries, and knee injuries are not good. Knee injuries are not fun, and that can really hurt your mobility. That can really hurt the way that you perform, you impact the game, right? When he played all 282 games in, in his final season with the Charlotte Hornets, he scored 25 points. That was his career-high season. So if he can get back to, if he can get back to being a good star on a team, when he's not injured, I believe he could put up 20 to 30 points per night. I truly believe that. With the New York Knicks, I'm going to go to the Knicks roster real quick. Because I want I want everybody to put this in perspective. You have your power forward in Joyce Randall. Your shooting guard, RJ Barrett. Your point guard is going to be uh, Campbell Walker. Um... Uh, what? Oh, come on! And Derek Rose, and then you have, um, then you have Mitchell Robinson as your center, and then you have, uh, okay, wow. okay. So you have Joyce Randall, Archie Barrett, uh, Derek Rose, uh, Campbell Walker, and Mitchell Robinson. I don't know why that was so hard to get out of my mouth, but it was. But we finally got there. That would be a really good five, starting five. However, they match that up. But when you really put in the power, uh, that's going to be really, really good. I'm just saying, it's not the greatest thing in the world. But like Leon Rose said, 
saying he's beyond thrilled with Kemba Walker's uh, Knicks deal being official. That's a great pickup, especially around $18 million over two years. That's not bad. Even if you had a fully guarantee, which you did, that's still not bad. So to me, to have that, to have um, Kemba, Rose, and Quickly, that's a good point guard position. And then, of course, you'll have guys playing different positions. Like, Rose can be a shooting guard, second unit shooting guard. Uh, Manuel quickly, more of a point guard, but sometimes he'd be swapped out to different guards, right? Same with Kemba. He can shoot the ball. Something's very good at dribbling, passing, shooting, a little bit of rebounding. It's not bad. He has a great offensive game. He has a good defensive game, right? So, for me, that's a really good pickup. Even if you look at it like you had to full and guarantee him, if he stays healthy, that is something that you really want to have. And to me, that's amazing. Okay, real quick. Uh, the Lakers are considering about the potential signing of Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas has not been in the league for a while, but people have been making a case for him. Because right now, he's 32 years old. He's in the prime prime of his career, right? Isaiah Thomas um, has not played since 2020. Well, it was only for three games for, at seven points. But still, he's playing in the pro-aim leagues right now. I believe it's at the cro- crossover. It's like a pro-aim league. He just dropped 81 points. He's been playing 60-point games. And people get bashed that it's like pro ammo, pro ammo leagues, that anybody can do that, especially a former NBA player. But for the sake of Isaiah Thomas, dropping at 81 points have now caught the attention of several NBA teams. Whether, and that starts with the Lakers. The Lakers will be interested in signing uh, Isaiah Thomas because when he's healthy, and when he's given a chance to shine, he'll shine. Like when he played 82 games for Boston back in 2016, he averaged 28 points. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, 22 points. And then in 2016, when he played 76 games, he averaged 29 points. 28.9, but I'm just going to call it 29, right? So when given a chance, he's not that bad. So to me, I would I would consider give him a deal. See, give him like another NBA chance. Everybody bashed Kamal Anthony, and he turned out okay. I was not the biggest advocate for Carmelo, but to give him another shot, even though he's not the greatest shooter in the world, giving him another shot paid out uh, for the Porn Trailblazers. He's helped in certain moments two years ago when he got back in, a year ago, right up until now with his departure. So give Isaiah Thomas. I truly do believe there needs to be a movie, a documentary comes out around Isaiah Thomas, and if he has a complete comeback to the NBA after being out for some while, that would be amazing. Like name it like this, uh, like second round, sixtieth pick. So when he's drafted, the sixth, um, Isaiah Thomas, sixtieth pick. Like imagine, I wish I could like come out like of a docu series or a documentary, like a mini movie on. Isaiah Thomas or something like that. Because I think that would be amazing. But I think that would be really cool. Even if it... Even if it does not get off the ground that much. Like what The Last Dance did. 
or Allen Iverson's documentary, or any of these documentaries. But having something cool like that would be awesome. But I think give Isaiah Tosner a chance. Even if he's coming off the bench, he'll give you 10 to 15 points per night. But if you have him as a starter and he's getting the right opportunities, getting the right shots, getting enough things going off, I think he'll give you 20 points tonight. I truly do believe that. But that's why, that's why I stand with him. But I truly believe that. I truly believe um, Isaiah Thomas can be something in his league again. It's a shame that he's not been able to. But he's had some memorable career nights in the NBA. And I'm hoping that he can get out of the prime leagues where he's been thriving in and back into the NBA where he can be good again. That's my hope. And injuries and just challenges and just obstacles in general have hurt him right in general but he's he's good he's a good basketball player he's a he's a great dribbler so I say give him another shot even if the Lakers sign to like a one year five million dollar contract take it get back into the NBA that can just be your one chance of exposure back to a national stage but yeah that's just a tip of the iceberg about what he can do even if it's in the pro-am leagues I guess it's not the same as the NBA, but still, give him a shot. I'm for it. I've been an Isaiah Thomas fan. He played for the Phoenix Suns back in 2014. Boston, he's played Sacramento. He's been with the Pelicans. He's been a, he's been to quite a few teams, right? But I think it's time. I think it's time. Speaking about guys that are just... um. Just in the NBA, hanging around, making money, trying to do all they can, still play basketball. Udonis Hassam, I apologize if I botched your name, but Udonis has re-signed with the Heat for a one-year, $2.6 million contract to be back for his 19th season. Let that sink in. Let that stew in your mind because... He's back for his 19th season, and he may not be getting much playing time, but he's a great veteran, and he's been considered as one of the player coaches to help out younger talent and just to help talent on that team in general. So that's actually not bad for $2.6 million. I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed around the league for four more years. Just doing what he does, because he's not getting much playing time, right? He comes in for a few minutes on the season. But he's just there to be a player coach and just give veteran, um, just give veteran, what's the word? Oh, yeah, veteran, just presence, being a veteran, giving that mentality, showing what you need to do, not what you need to do, and different things like that. Um, yeah, I went looking at it. His last four seasons, he's played his entire career of Miami, if you think about it. He's won multiple championships. But yeah, when he's out there on the court, he doesn't play much, very minutes, many minutes. He averaged three minutes last, uh, 2020 season, 11 minutes 2019, seven minutes 2018, right? You're getting the whole concept. He used to play big minutes. He, he played huge minutes back from 20, 2003 to 2014, right? Now, when you're, uh, when you're 41, and you're still going? That's not bad. That's really not. So, I like the move. I never doubted he was never going to come back, right? I, I am excited about that. I am excited for sure. I think, I think it's a smart move. Of course, for the player coaching opportunities. And, of course, the veteran development of just younger guys and whatnot.
Um, that's not the biggest news in the world, right? But, um, one more. One more, and that's going to be the Nets. So we all knew about this, about the big freak, standing out the big freak. Kevin Durant's already gotten a huge contract extension, but now they want to work to secure Kyrie and Harden for the foreseeable future. And they have that kind of money to do it for over the next four or five years, right? Just giving you an example, but that is their, that's their thing. That, that's their thing. They want to re-sign. They want to extend because they want to keep this big free and hopes to win a championship. Because everybody should be healthy next season. There should be no problems in these guys falling all out. Because COVID should not be an, another stoppage for teams. I think, I think it's time. So we just need to get rid of injuries. And you really can't do that permanently, right? Injuries are always going to be a factored game, but we have to limit them somehow because this big fruit was dangerous until everybody started getting hurt and just Kevin Durant had to do everything in his power just to win games. He's playing 48 minutes per game. That's not an exaggeration. He played entire games before. But really getting breaks except for timeouts and just TV timeouts, right? But that's that's the thing. They wanna they want to secure Kyrie. They want to secure Harden, and it makes sense, right? You just can't give up on the investment that you made. And um, here's the thing: you would never do that. Not even after two years. You guys haven't even played a full season or due to injuries and just trying to rehab, right? So it comes like one of those things to like you have to say. Look, we got, we got, we got to complete a lot. We have to be mentally prepared for this because it's just going to be very exhausting, exhausting when you're just trying to figure this all out. And it's just like, yep, this is what we're doing now. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say here? Uh, because it's like, you have to win something. You at least have to go to the NBA Finals just once. Even if you got four years left in these prime players, you have to at least go to the finals once. Say that you went there. But for Kevin Durant, that's going to hurt. And for Kevin Durant Harden, you remember when they had the big uh, super team down in OKC years ago? They made it to the NBA Finals with Russell Westbrook and that gang, but just couldn't, just came up short. Who remembers that? That was pretty much the last time you ever saw OKC in the NBA Finals. Or really in the playoffs, I married actually made a serious run. So, not not huge news, but still news that we need to talk about. And finally, one of the last things until we get to our biggest, biggest topic, which will be Ben Simmons. But first, let's get to the true winners of the 2021 NBA Free Agency Class. So, like I said before, it's not the Phoenix Suns, nor is it the Los Angeles Lakers. Even though people say, oh, but they got Carmel, oh, they got these different guys, they're bringing them in, they're getting signing everyone. Here's the problem. Here's the problem for this. You can say, well, we got Malik Monk. You can say, oh, we got all these different players. We're getting back talent. Here's the thing. I don't see them winning. I just see them filling a roster and trying to play around that. I get these guys are still in the prime and whatnot, but still, I don't view them as they got the best deal. But you want to know who I do think got the best deal? And I wrote this about this on the sign and whatnot. 
are the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks. We were talking about them throughout the entire podcast episode already, based on the moves that they made. We are talking about Dan Schroeder and, of course, Kemba Walker with the Knicks. But I truly do believe that. They won it by, by far. Because imagine this. The Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, um, and, of course, Lonzo Ball. They got a new point guard. For now, Zach Levine or nor Kobe White have to have that stress anymore. Right, so now you have Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Crusoe, and then Tony Bradley under the guidance of Billy Donovan. Come on. That would be a great turnaround for the Bulls, who have not been in the postseason since 2016-17 season, right? The Bulls, to me... With this roster, will be in the play on, playing tournament or will be a 7th seed team in the actual postseason. Because here's the thing. This team could easily be above 500. Alex Crusoe has, has some talent. He has some potential. I'm not going to lie. People can make all of their jokes about him, about him being the um, go, about him being all these different things. But I'm legit being serious. Caruso has a opportunity here to score 15, 18 points per game. That's what his contract demands. That's what his contract values him has. He's a good shooter. He could play good um, ball um, on the ball defense, right? He could play good defense. DeMar DeRozan, people are going to bash bash on him. To me personally, DeMar DeRozan was good. He's, he, he's pick and roll games amazing. That's what that team needs, some good pick and roll. Because imagine now, Alonzo Ball gets a screen, he can either cut it or he could pass it out. Just but imagine that. Imagine DeMar DeRozan doing what he does. And he's able to get a nice pick and roll going for Zach Levine, for Tony Bradley, who's our current center because Lori Markkinen's not going to come back. Um, uh, for DeMar, I'm sorry, for Alonzo Freeman Caruso. Just imagine it. Just imagine that starting five. Or really starting four because Tony Brown is not bad, but still. I would have liked to see Markkinen come back, but I get where he's coming from. Plus, I really don't like him on the Bulls anyways. But... This now gives Zach Levine more advantages to the game. You have a good point guard now. You don't have to worry about a shooter taking up the ball. Don't get me wrong, Lonzo Ball has a good shot, but he's more of a great passer. He he doesn't have to be tricky and all fancy with his uh, fashion-like passing like his brother Lamella ball of the Shar Hornets. No. But if you're able to focus, have that great awareness, basketball IQ's good, and you're able to really pass the ball, hone it in for your team, that goes a long, long way. And for Zach Levine, that's what he needs. And for him to stick around this long with the Chicago Bulls, it could be fun paying off. But Kobe White's a great shooter coming off the bench. DeMar Rose is a great pick and roll artist. He has good defense. Always could be improvements on that, but he has a great body in the paint and perimeter. Zach Levine, he can run up a court. He can run up and down the court. He has good defense. Offensive, his offensive possessions are golden when he shoots, when he's able to command that offense. Alonzo Ball, like we said, he's a great passer. 
He, to me, can take the ball, make some great passes, make some great in-game decisions. We only have split seconds to decide. Alex Caruso, he's a good shooter. He'll run up down those courts. You'll get his money. You'll get your money's worth out of him. Every single penny, every single dime, nickel, dollar, whatever, right? But to me, they did it. That's an above 500 team. The Bulls have been exceeding expectations with these signings and where these projected players can average and projected season can go with them, right? If you say to me, they're a 500 team and they make the playing tournament, that's such a significant win. And it starts with their head coach who's molding them, who's developing them the right way. Alonso, to me, was a great, 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 great passer, point guard with the Pelicans, but was getting shadowed by uh, Alonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, he's also good. I want him out of New Orleans because I don't think he's out there yet, but you get where I'm going. Zach Levine's talented. Alonzo Ball's talented. DeMar DeRozan's talented. Alex Cruz has talent. Um, Tony Browley, he can bring some traits to him. Use him as a body. But understand this. They're bringing different aspects of the game and you're molding them into one. And if everything plays out like they should on pen and paper, come on, that's going to be above or right at 500 team. They are a playing tournament team. And all their games may not be pretty, but they're going to get the job done. That, to me, is going to be something that I would really, really love to see. I don't know. But here's the thing. Now, here's why I value the Knicks over the Lakers. Um, the Knicks are underrated. People really don't, didn't really think of the Knicks. We were wondering what moves the Knicks were going to make. Uh, the draft didn't hold too many things. They traded some of their picks away. But they were looking more free agency. People may will value the Lakers' moves over the Knicks. But the Knicks are building a team that can easily go to the postseason several times more to where the Lakers may not be able to do that. Everyone is in their 30s. Injuries have been running up on majority of those players. Like LeBron, like Anthony Davis, right? Cost in the postseason. Um, and so if you really do think about that, look, you signed Evan Fournay. You signed Kemba Walker. Norris Noel's a body. You extended the contract of Joyce Randall. You have RJ Barrett. You re-signed... Um, Alex Burks, you re-signed, um, what's his name, Derrick Rose. So I'm just saying, even though you lost Reggie Bullock, who is a great defensive player for the organization, you had tons of talented players on there, but you could turn that into R.J. Barrett, Emma Fournay, Kemba Walker, Nurs Noel, and Joyce Randall. Something like that for a starting five would be dominant. You you have the original playoff core from last season coming in, and you're adding two new pieces. Two pieces like that, and Kemba Walker and Evan Fournay could give you the push 
that you needed, it would be a great push. Just imagine that for a moment. I'm not saying they're going to go to NBA Finals or go past the Eastern Conference Finals, right? I'm saying they can be an organization that can get past the first round and potentially the second round if everyone stays healthy. But just imagine that starting five and who's coming off the bench. They have players that can just act as bodies. They have sharpshooters. They have shooters of all kind. They have attackers. They got rim protectors. They got the defenders, blockers. They have everything. To me, they're underrated. Evan Fournier was a great pick. He got shouted because he was in Orlando. And then COVID took over and injured from with the Boston Celtics. And the Celtics season got derailed with COVID and injuries, right? But now when you're really looking at it, Kevin Walker, Evan Fournay, RJ Barrett, Nerds Noel, and Joyce Randall? Come on, I would take that all day. I would take that all day. And that to me, one's underrated and one's sneaky good. Right? The Knicks are underrated and the Bulls are just getting stronger by the day. The Knicks, to me, are going to be back in the playing tournament. But the last season they exceeded it. I believe they're going to be in the top five seed. No injuries. Everything goes to way. And I can't wave my magical wand over it. I, I would 100% say the Knicks are going back to postseason, whether that has to be in the playing tournament or they're within the top six seed or even seventh seed, right? But yeah, but that playing tournament is going to be cru- uh, crucial for so many teams from um, – the, bet, the downfall of, say, if you're an AC, you have to go into the playing tournament. But from, from ninth seed and 10th seed teams in the Eastern and Western Conferences, that is significantly huge. I can't tell you, I can't stress that anymore because the Hornets had a chance in the playing tournament. And that's when you just had an injured Lamel Ball come back off of wrist surgery. Gordon Hayward was injured like always. He just had pieces going up and down. Right, you had the Pacers. The Warriors were not good, but then they came back in. The Lakers were able to benefit from that, right? So it's like one of those things. You have your ups and your downs with the playing tournament, but it's a beneficial thing for most teams. The Pelicans were a few games away from coming back into playoff contention. They just could not make it to the playing tournament. I'm happy Stan Van Gundy got fired. Like, I don't find him a good head coach. He just could not push his team through with Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram. That's just bad, right? But that is, that's who I found as the tr- to two true winners of the 2021 NBA free agency class. Now, we move on to Ben Simmons. Yes, good old worthless Ben Simmons. So, the Warriors, Spurs, and Wolves, the Timberwolves, are all interested in trading for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, the 76 has been asking for multiple first round, multiple second round, an all-star player out of all the teams, especially the Raptors and for the Spurs. Now you're going to try to get trade Andrew Wiggins for Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons isn't even, isn't even worth one first-round draft pick. I would just keep Andrew Wiggins. But here's what I'm going to tell you. 
If the Warriors win that trade, the reason why they're getting him is because they're taking a shooter off. Meaning, they're getting a devoted passing player. Because at least they don't have to worry about Andrew Wiggins. They don't have to try to develop out a shot, but at least they know, well, Ben Simmons is a really bad player, but his passing's not bad to where he could just pass it, be worthless and everything else, but still be able to give it to Steph, Clay, Draymond, different pieces like that. Wiseman if he stays. But here's the thing. You want to know what the problem with Ben Simmons is? He's cut off all communication with players like Joel Embiid, from the 76ers, he's caught the entire organization. No owner, no GM, no head coach, no assistant coach, no coaching staff. No one can contact Ben Simmons. He does not return him. He, he cut off all communication by choosing that. But Ben Simmons is acting like this is their fault. Um, I think Ben Simmons forgets that he's been overhyped for many years. His first season, he could not play due to injury. Fine, that's acceptable. But then they came in and gave, brought in Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler was like, none of these guys are working hard enough. And that was mainly towards uh, Ben Simmons, you have to say, because Ben Simmons can't shoot a ball properly. Right? Um, they brought in Jimmy Butler. Uh, ben Simmons and not like him. They had Joel B. You brought in a general manager that will get things done. That's who Daryl Morey is. They brought in a head coach that's all for the offensive players. All for the players, right? That's Doc Rivers. So you brought in the front, man, the front office, the management. They're not lacking. It's not like they're conspiring against Ben Simmons. They were trying to help Ben Simmons. They just couldn't take it anymore. That's why in the final three minutes of a crucial elimination game against the Hawks, they just took Ben Simmons out because he was scared to take a layup under the hoop. He can't make a free throw. And that's here's, here's the sad part. Ben Simmons is doing this to himself. Philly has done everything they could to try to get something out of Ben Simmons. Tam to the next, uh, next level. But it's him. This pathetic bomb. Got so much money that he never deserved. He's not worth a thousand dollars. I don't even think he's worth a dollar. Anybody in the NBA would tell you now Ben Simmons is not who they thought they were drafting. Philly got robbed because Ben Simmons was supposed to be someone that they that Ben Simmons was supposed to be somebody that he really never truly was. And wasn't Ben Simmons a first overall pick? Let me check. Yeah, first overall pick in the 2016 draft. He's making Martel Fultz look like an all-star. He is a bust. So, by him cutting off communication, saying he's down with the organization, you can't shoot a ball, you can't shoot a three-pointer, you're scared to take a layup, you're scared to take a free throw because you can't shoot it, you just can't shoot like, who does that? Like, who does that? That's not a first overall pick. It's not a first overall pick. He's a bum. He's a bum. You can say that, you can say that oh, well, in 32 points, he's getting 14 points off of 55% shooting, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Oh, that's great. That's, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. 
if you really do break this down, uh, I'm looking at his stats right now. If you really do break that down, he shot 61% from the free front. He he was he missed in the playoffs. In the playoffs alone, he was only 40 or 50% from the line, from the free throw line in in the playoffs. He didn't take any shots. He didn't take any shots in the postseason. He really did. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to try to break this down. No, no. No, hold on. People can make fun. This is really bad. Hold on. I'm trying to bring up a saying. I'm trying to show like what he does, but it's like you're really bad at anything you do. Passing is the only thing that saved you. And maybe defense. Maybe defense. Um, I'm looking at Ben Simmons' postseason uh, stats because I think it's important. I think it's important to know. But I'm going to the playoff game log right now. Here we go. Oh, look at this. 0 for 9. That's my. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? 20, 21. Okay, here we go. He shot 33% from the line, uh, from a field goal. Uh, he, he was over, okay. He attempted six free throws on May, on May 23rd and missed all of them. He has gone, um, Three in a row going 0% from the line. He shot the ball only nine times. In the biggest game. Okay, in the biggest game, this is against the Hawks. You ready? This is against the Hawks. Uh, final game. Final game. Shot four times. Okay, fine. Um, That was just game seven. Okay, how about game six? Shot the ball only six times. Okay. Uh, shot the ball four times. Okay. Shot the ball ten times. Shot the ball eleven times. Shot the ball three times. Really? So when you when we're not bringing down the game logs, of course it's gonna say fifty four percent because he doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot. He's scared. Colin Cowherd per perfectly that he's just digging his own grave. Ben Simmons is not a first overall pick. He should have been drafted in the second round. So Ben Simmons acting like this is Philly's fault. No, this is his fault. He can't shoot a three-pointer. He's only made maybe one or two in his career. Shaq could make a uh, could make a three-pointer. You know what? You're playing Shaq. Who couldn't make a free throw? Who couldn't make a... Uh, who couldn't make a three-pointer? I saw this really funny thing. Um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are like Kobe and Shaq. But Joel Embiid is both Shaq and Kobe. Ben Simmons is a joke. No one wants him. They tried. Ben Simmons made the same sorry excuse on, I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve my shot. You haven't. You just became more scared. Why are you scared to shoot it under the basket? Who cares if someone your size is right there defending you? You had an open line until someone stepped in where you could have put up a leg, but then you passed it back out and you cost them the game. Why do you think Doc Rivers gave up on you? 
Nobody cares you, but they think, but now you think it's their fault. Ben Simmons cannot be held accountable because what he's being hold, held accountable for. He does nothing. Anthony Bennett is better than him. That says a lot. Ben Simmons is scared to shoot a ball. At least Anthony Bennett wasn't scared. He shot the ball, and even though he didn't make it half the time or like 99%, at least he shot it. You could say, well, he's making 54% of his shots per game. It's because he's only shooting eight times or three times per game. You're going to say, well, he's having like 10 assists per game. Because what else is he going to do? He's not a great defender. He's not a great shooter. And so what's left? He does less for him. He's going to pass it. He's going to pass it. But when you have to buy his hairs, when your team, that didn't work out. When you had Alan Horford on your team, that didn't work out. When you had Jimmy Bow on your team, that didn't work out. When you had, when you have Joel Billy now on your team, that didn't work out. What is wrong with this player? He's, he's, he's either not taking, he's either taking advantage of Philly and just gave up on his basketball critics or gave him free money, or he's just really bad. I'm, I'm going to go with both. I think he's a lazy player, and I think he's. I just think he's that bad. I legit mean that. What like? I would never give Andrew Wiggins. To me, Andrew Wiggins is better than Ben Simmons. Come on, you're gonna ruin your. You're gonna ruin yourself if you trade for Ben Simmons, whether you're the Spurs, Timberwolves, or the Warriors. The problem. With Ben Simmons is that he's never held accountable. Everyone just coddles him. Everybody says to him, "It's gonna be all right. You're fine." But is it? No one just wants to deal with the problem. Why does everybody feel as though if we never address the problem, that it'll get better? Ben Simmons is as worthless as, as like um, I, I don't know. There's not even a good comparison. It's not a good comparison. He's as worthless as a dirty diaper. I'm sorry. He's not good. Ben Simmons will never be good in his career. Martel Fulch is better than him. At least Martel Fulch shoots the ball. I've never seen a first round. I've never seen a first overall pick. Ever. Ever. Be afraid to shoot a ball. Come on. Who can't shoot a ball? You're just that scared? You have no confidence and you're not scared. You're just worthless on the court. You're a liability. And this is not me just tearing down Ben Simmons because I have nothing better to do in my day. Trust me. I spent enough time. I, I spent enough time on oxygen just talking about him because here's the thing. Simmons is not worth two draft picks, let alone two first overall draft picks. I don't know why 76ers were asking for four first overall draft picks, three second round draft picks, and a player or two from the Raptors, Spurs, different teams like that. And then for Ben Simmons to say, well, I'm not going to show up to your training camp. You don't need me. Come on. The reason why you're not doing that, because you don't want to be embarrassed. And then you see, then you see these like little clips of him shooting and making shots. The reason why you do that is because there's no pressure on you. You're not playing an NBA game. 
You're doing that for fun. That's not actually being accounted for. It's actually being calculated. You can't hit a shot. I'm I'm gonna see what position Ben Simmons is. I think he's like a I I don't know what he is. Uh, let me look. Um, he's a point guard slash small forward. I've never seen a small forward play so so small before. Um, small four. I never seen a small four play that bad. Small forward. Small. Here, let me give you an idea of what actual small forwards play like. LeBron James is small four. Kawhi Leonard is a small four. Kevin Durant is a small four. Gordon Hayward is a small four. Jason Tan is a small four. Jimmy Bowers is a small four. Chris Middleton is a small four. Brandon Ingram is a small four. DeMar DeRozan, Andre Wiggins, Harrison Barnes, Bodon Bonjevich. It's a small forward. Everyone I'm listing here is a small forward. You'll never mistake Ben Simmons for one of them. You'll never mistake Jimmy Butler to be Ben Simmons. You'll never mis- mistake Ben Simmons for LeBron James. I would take Harrison Barnes over Ben Simmons. Because at least I know one guy's going to shoot. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm looking at first overall picks, NBA. I'm, I'm just... I'm just going to be looking at him. Um, let me go to the most recent. Here we go. Um, Martel Fultz. Ben Simmons was supposed to be a somebody, but he's not. Like, look at this. Anthony Davis, Kyrie, John Wall, Derrick Rose, right? Um, Yao Ming, Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, Glenn Robinson, Chris Webber, Shaquille O'Neal, um, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Akim Olajuwon, um, Magic Johnson. Come on. Uh, I'm trying to find other ones here for this list. I know there's some. Like, really? Elgin Baylor? Oscar Robinson? I'm just saying. So, basically, where we've gone at in this really failed experiment with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is that... Ben Simmons is a nobody, and now Joel Embiid had to play for both Ben Simmons and himself, increasing the workload. And just to block out your teammates, that's not sportsman. That's not sportsmanship. That's not respect. That's that's called disrespect. That's just rude. I'm just I'm just saying that's just something. That's just utter disrespect and garbage. I don't know. Maybe you guys think Ben Simmons is something. Maybe I'm missing something. But to me, um, Ben Simmons is a spineless coward. And he should just retire now before everybody just keeps making fun of him. Because now when we're making fun of him, it's no longer funny. It's sad. It's pathetic. He's a nobody. I'm sorry. It's, I had. I said. I said two years ago. Ben Simmons could be somebody. That Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid could be a duo. That could take the NBA by a storm. But all I see now is Joel Embiid taking the workload of himself and um, dead weight Ben Simmons over there. I'm sorry. This is not me just being rude. Me um, just stomping uh, the crud out of Ben Simmons. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here. I'm just frustrated. I'm tired of Ben Simmons. 
He's not a first overall pick. It's just not. Philly got robbed of that a first overall pick. So I want to go see the 2016 draft class. And I really shouldn't have brought that up because now it's just going to be making me more infuriated. But here we go. Brandon Ingram. Jalen Brown. Just Buddy Heal. Those first three players are better than Ben Simmons. Oh. Oh, where do we go wrong? Where do we go wrong? Oh, that was not very good draft class for sure. But where did we go wrong? Oh, my, oh, my. But, guys, that's all I have to say. I don't care for Ben Simmons. I just have to talk about him. And he's had really good players around him. It's not like we're talking about Carl, 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 Carl Anthony Towns here. He didn't have anybody, really. He had Jimmy Butler for some time. He had Andrew Wiggins. He has D'Lo now, right? Um, guys had to work very... Like LeBron. LeBron had to play with uh, with bums the first first time he was with Cleveland. And then he got a little bit better with Kyrie and Kevin Love. And his second round with the Cavs. Like, come on. Ben Simmons not in that position. If Ben Simmons was there with a bunch of bums... And you didn't, and you didn't see Philly get better. Then it will be a different story. But now, I'm sorry, it's not going to be that way. Ben Simmons is who Ben Simmons is, a complete bust. If you guys have different feelings, um, just let me know. Um, just add us on social media, email us. We like to know your feelings. We like to know your opinions on this topic. But that's all I gotta say. We're gonna be back here tomorrow morning. Thursday morning at 8 a.m. We're going to get back to our regular schedule. Jump back into it. We'll see if we have anything else. This has been um, like an uh, anger fest with Ben Simmons and Dennis Schroeder. One missed it. Could, one got paid for being a bust. Hiding his true colors. And one just was an idiot and did not take $21 million a year. Either way, that's all I have. That's pretty much everything I wanted to cover. And without further ado, you know where to find us on courtsofheat.com, courtsofheat.store to get all of our latest products. We're always getting inventory, we're always posting. Buy that retro stuff, buy the new stuff now. We're going to have Chad Cunningham, uh, Cunningham uh, cards come out. We're going to have all of the rookie cards coming out soon when they are released by Panini. Buy Dunruss, Tops, different things like that, right? Um, but we're excited, and we cannot wait to keep updating the store. We'll keep you guys updated on the website, about the website logo. We have everything going on. But until then, I'll see you guys on on my next podcast episode, which will be tomorrow at 8. Be there. You do not want to miss it. We got some cool stuff planned. And, yeah, we're just ready to go. I'll see you guys on the next podcast episode.